Hello, everyone, and welcome back to SCADcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm Matt Nickley. This week begins February's New York Fashion Week, and all eyes are on the runway shows, presentations, and parties attended by the movers and shakers of the fashion industry. Among the most watched designers will be SCAD alumnus Christopher John Rogers, fresh off his impressive win of the CFDA Vogue Fashion Fund Grand Prize. Rogers' vibrant designs impart a sense of wonder on the runway, and all of us in the SCAD community are full of anticipation for his fall-winter 2020 show on February 8th. For the first time in 13 years, however, one designer's collection will be missing from the runway floor. Philip Lim chose to forego the traditional runway show in favor of a public gathering at his New York City retail location on February 10th. As his label, 3-1 Philip Lim, enters its 15th year, Lim is focusing on sustainability and realigning his brand to establish greater humanity and spontaneity. His openness about his brand and the fashion industry displays his bravery as a leader, his care for his business and employees, and his focus on the men and women who wear his clothing. When Lim visited SCAD and worked with our students, that integrity and passion was on full display. He sat with Paula Wallace, and the two examined how fashion became Lim's mode of communication, his care for the consumer, and what he offers as a mentor for young designers. From SCADcast, this is On Creativity, a conversation between Paula Wallace and Philip Lim. everything you've got on um let's see uh this is um persian antique persian wow this is like cartier like i've had forever just mm -hmm. and also now because of sometimes uh, the seasons my fingers expand or contract so mm -hmm. this is like a stopper mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um and these bracelets are made by um they're traditional um cambodian style um links wow. and my mother's um like they make her jewelry and in a very humble jewelry and then it's like a artisans that still have this ability to make these kind of styles mm -hmm. and they're done one by one you know really yeah mm -hmm. so it's really i love to collect jewelry and mm -hmm. yeah like you were talking about your trip to Bhutan. yeah it was it was incredible it was um something that you know there are no chances in life right mm -hmm. it just everything is mm -hmm. meant is premeditated and it's really your it's how it's actually it's the yes or no. Mm -hmm. The more you say yes, the more you say yes. The more you you put yourself in the path that you're supposed to be. I so agree. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, and it, and and sometimes I, I'm learning this too because it's like even being on stage and public speaking and stuff like that. I grew up almost without a voice because um, I used clothing as my voice to speak mm -hmm. for me, so I wouldn't have to mm -hmm. speak. And you were the sixth I was child. A, yeah, the sixth child. And at that point, it's like, oh, no one wants to hear you speak anymore. Yeah, nobody wants to hear you speak anymore. Exactly. <laughs> Just stay out of trouble and don't speak. Um, and so uh, growing up, I used clothing as um, my voice without knowing it. Now I can look back and understand that because mm -hmm. I was painfully shy as a, as a kid. and But I was always visually eccentric. And I never... I didn't grow around fashion or fashion magazines. My mom was not like a fashion icon. It was literally her favorite shop was Target. You know what I mean? And to this day, um, recently I bought her a strand of 
Tiffany pearls that she wears with her Target sweatshirt, you know, um, really chic as and one easy, as one does. And <laughs> so I learned early on that clothing was my voice. Mm-hmm. And now to present day, you know, the, the power, the transformative power of clothes mm-hmm. and it, it is our cloak to be our, the superhero or the superheroine to, uh, within us. It brings that out. You know, it is the ultimate neutralizer too. Mm-hmm. You um, uh, you think about where where you the, the the if you have insecurities, but if you have something that you feel great in, mm-hmm. I mean, you're just you're there. Exactly. You know, you're present and you you're formidable. You know, and no one's gonna take that mm-hmm. away from you. And when you you can design something like that that does so much for people. Mm-hmm for one's confidence, mm-hmm. um, just helps you do your job better, helps you be the person that you are. Yeah. <clears throat> that is that is such a gift and so important what yeah. you're doing yeah. really for other people. It's it's a gift and it takes um a lot of reminders and it takes you um and yourself to be to put yourself in environments that really um support this because you know, along the way, until recent, it's like even my parents are like a fashion. What is that? You know what I mean? Like it's a hobby. Are you done with this hobby yet? You know what I mean? But but people don't realize that um, it's fashion clothes is the one thing that affects everybody in the world. Everybody. You get up and you have to wear something. Yes. You get dressed. It's no the matter, most personal. It's the most personal. And even for people who say, oh, I don't really care about fashion. I wear whatever. You're still wearing something. Oh, yes. Yeah, you're still wearing something. Whatever you want to call it, however you mm-hmm. want to spit the hairs you're still affected by it mm-hmm. and more uh, recently it's become popular culture and main culture you know what i mean and it it really percolates and in and, and weaves through all different types of uh disciplines and 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 people and cultures mm-hmm. so it's really that powerful and and we have to remember i always get down on myself too because it's a lot of pressure it's a lot of just like boom, boom, like uh, producing. And you, sometimes you lose the idea of what you're making this for mm. because it becomes kind of um, pressure and a job and it doesn't feel right. But then mm-hmm. the minute you can get back to that understanding of it's I, I'm in the my my purpose is to serve. And to provide a service to it make is, people feel good. It is a service profession. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like interior design. So. He might be designing a hospital room. Yeah. He might be designing a daycare center. You might be designing yeah. someone's home. Yeah. That's their haven when it's they come haven. home after a yeah. hard day. It I, is very important. It is. I always thought about that. I always thought about like if I if I had if I were to do interior projects, what would it be? And I always thought about like a, a, a children's hospital or else mm-hmm. like um a space where neglected um uh uh communities or kids or people would come and feel better or like a recovery room or something like that. And mm-hmm. it's quite sad the way the the state of what they think about it. It's mm-hmm. an afterthought. Imagine if it could be a forethought. Yes. You, you really could make people feel better that mm-hmm. way. What are some of the high points or moments that you are, recall throughout your, your years of... Oh my of- gosh your brand yeah. like what are some of the moments that were turning points or yeah i mean um existing is a turning point existing, <laughs> existing. Um, um coming to new york on a whim you know i'd never this brand 31 philip Lim, it it 
And when you it, were 31 Yeah, I was 31 old, and it was not even my intention to have this, to start this. It was, I was coming to New York to visit a friend who is my uh, business partner now, Wen Zhao. And over the weekend, the course of from Friday to Monday, we, I ended up in an office and we started this brand. It was this idea of just coming to New York, just hanging out with a friend. And, you know, uh, the first collection was, she was like, what is you want to do? You can do anything. I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. So then I'm just going to do what comes naturally to me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just make clothes for myself. I'm going to make clothes for you. I'm going to make clothes for people like us. I'm going to make clothes for entre young entrepreneurs that are like trying to do something, trying to move up, trying to um, uh, evolve. You know, we, we, we deserve the best, but we just can't afford what that price tag sometimes that is um, attached to the best. So why not? Let's just make clothes with quality, intention, creativity, and try to put it in a, a place where it is communicated on a, in a larger platform, or one would call it commerciality. But to me, the idea of being commercial and um, is like communication. They, they both words start with C-O-M-M. -M. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. how, and what do, who do we want to speak to? Do we want to speak to this group of people or do we want to speak to this group of people? So true. Yeah, it's commercial. <laughs> like a lot of when we start too, and I started too, even like uh, my peers, they're like, oh, you, you know, you make commercial clothes. You know, it's great. It's great, great, great. And I'm like, no, I just want to communicate to more people. Mm -hmm. Your clothes are very fine, though. All the details, all the thoughtfulness. Yeah. I mean, just very wearable. Um, yeah. Just so, perfect. And I love that you say that because because you want to communicate and, and quote unquote, be commercial. It doesn't mean you have to forsake and dumb things down. No. You still put the same intention, you know, like even the way we start the collection from day one to now. You know, the fabric investigation, the mm -hmm. the questions, the uh, it's it always feels like it's the first collection you're starting to this day it gets even harder and harder because you have to now dig down deeper and deeper and um try to find what is fresh mm -hmm. what is relevant what is um relatable what is the value and even like now thinking about sustainability thinking about like um social um include like uh, inclusion and diversity and too mm -hmm. everything becomes part of this process you, and you can't avoid it. You can't deny it. You can't be blind to it. You have to be part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And you exist. How are you addressing uh, new audiences like, for instance, our students? Mm, yeah. Mm. By speaking their language. <laughs> by using the tools they use. Mm -hmm. Because I could sit back and be like, oh, I'm not going to be on social media because it's like something um, below me. I don't really, you know, privacy, intrusive. this and that, intrusive. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's an extra work that I don't want to do. But at the same time, if you engage and you make time for it, you get so much from it. Mm. You learn and you, you stay part of the zeitgeist, mm -hmm. you know, and it's important to stay relevant that way and in it, not looking at it. Mm -hmm. Because that's what we do, you know, um, as designers, we're sponge and you want to be sponge to the now. Mm -hmm. So you talked about to the students and thank you for giving such a great, uh, insightful conversation to thank the students you. today. You talked about business and creativity mm -hmm. and how the two really need each other. They need each other. <laughs> yeah, they need each other. Um, it's a balance. You can't, if I were 
um, if I were, if I, I mean, I'm creative. <laughs> and if I were just focusing on that and I didn't really care about the business, then I could not communicate this creativity to the rest of uh, the audience, the world, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And if I didn't have uh, a source of creativity, I wouldn't have a business to form from that. Mm -hmm. And so it's about that balance, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that that goes even deeper. It's like everything is about balance. Mm -hmm. And I think that again, it's really taking the idea of commerce and change it into communication because mm -hmm. that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. Commerciality is just to communicate, mm -hmm. you know? And if we put it in that um, context, it becomes less, uh, oh, um, I don't wanna, wanna sell out, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's really about communication mm -hmm. and you just have to pick and choose what size is your audience and who you wanna communicate to. I was very touched reading about your mother. Oh, yes. What traits do you feel like you um, embody mm -hmm. that you got from your mother? I grew up, my mother is the constant um, source of my power and my humility. Um, she taught me love. She taught me love uh, that she can create from nothing, from scraps, when I, whether it be through food, through textiles, or just a simple hug, you know what I mean? Because she was a, she, to me, she defines what, uh, a human being is. Um, and I think that uh, I grew up literally beneath her sewing machine where at night, where it would just hum. And then she would take piece goods, they call it piece goods from the factory where if you wanted to make extra money, it's like bundles and people would deliver it. And then you just sew. And then you see these panels that would to go to construct a garment, they would just be stitched, at, attached with thread and they would fall down and she would give me clippers to clip, to separate mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And I would hear, I would just sit there and clip with her, clip with her, clip with her. Mm -hmm. And then she would pack it and then she'll give me a little, uh, she'll buy me a toy, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And that was our relationship mm -hmm. um, because she, I wanted to be next to her, and she, but she was busy. Mm -hmm. So this is how I grew up. and. And it really instilled in me um, the simple idea of not taking anything for granted. Mm. You know, um, the, the, the potential that you could create from discard. Yes. Um, the, the random piece left over that you can patch onto creating something that's one of a kind. Mm -hmm. um, the beautiful idea of low-grade uh, cotton muslin that you would just people would just use as stuffing mm -hmm. in her care in her hands. That's shelter. That is coverage. That is part of um, uniform. That is part of the cloak. You know. So early on, this was my education, mm -hmm. and it was just about. Not about fashion, because again, it was not that, you know, I didn't even know that existed this world. It was just the idea of simple materials. Mm -hmm. You're kind enough to come to our student fashion show this I'm evening. I'm so excited. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and I'm wondering what you, um, how you're presenting your work most effectively these days and what you see as the future. Um, we make fashion films here. Yeah. We have uh, salon style presentations. We have 
run my shows. Yeah. We have various ways of critiquing in class every day, of yeah. course, yeah. Uh, presenting your work yeah. in, in, to, a, to a certain level. What do you see as the future? I think the future, if we can be very mm -hmm. honest, is how do you communicate your ideas? Because it's not just about your ideas anymore. It's about how you communicate and relate mm -hmm. because then people will vote for it. And then that will create an opportunity for you to express it in a in in real space, in reality, basically. You know what I mean? From a classroom to reality. Mm -hmm. um, what I look for um, is some, it's a new way of looking at the same thing. What I look for is uh, uh, this idea where, um, you know, it makes me kind of sit up and like take notice of whether it's like, oh, how, how different, you know, that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's really like something maybe fresh, mm -hmm. you know, I look for in today's um, world as a designer or, you know, a, a creative lead, you're, you, you can't just design anymore. You have to actually represent and be your own ambassador and to communicate this. And it, that's, that's the evolution of this role, mm -hmm. you know? Presenting you with an etoile gives us an opportunity to just reflect on your own history. Mm. What do you see as uh, coming up and ahead for you? The future is the balance. Um, the future is I have to figure out more and more with my personal evolution where I fit in this industry. You know, the future is um, the future is like beginning the past. You know, it's just really just the next phase of the journey. Um, I hope to to become more who I'm supposed to be and to use my platform to continue to build communities to to make this bird call so like we, um, uh, are the birds that exist we flock together and we create this community and this tribe the future for me is to how to find how to exist and do what I love by by giving back and, and existing in this um, sustainable balance. Amazing. Thank you. Do you draw every day? No, no. I don't draw every day. <laughs> no. um, you know, the interesting thing is like, um, so my role too, I read this, this amazing um, article in Vanity Fair about Barack Obama, uh, uh, former president, um, President Barack Obama. And he says, you know, um, and he plays basketball with his, his security team, his teams and stuff like that. He's like, you know, if you look around, I'm not the youngest anymore. I can't, I'm not the fastest anymore. I can't outlast them anymore. What, but what I can do is lead them, mm. you know? And mm. even myself too, I don't have that time to sit there and just be isolated and sketch anymore. Mm -hmm. I cannot, um, I cannot be as emotional and take everything personally anymore, but I can still make sure that it is personal, yeah. but I just can't take it personal. Mm -hmm. So now my role is to figure out how to be this evolved idea of myself, mm -hmm. you know, and how that plays into the process of creating a dream. Mm -hmm. Creating a dream, I love yeah. it. Yeah, that's what we do as SCAD too. Exactly, <laughs> and it's, really, it's so important here that um, they, the, the students understand that this is their power. Mm -hmm. You did such a great job speaking to them, so um, I hope you'll do even more of that. I, I hope so. I mean, I, it's one of those things where that's my challenge to myself, too, because 
I, I, uh, I, I have stage fright and I always use clothes to not have to speak. <laughs> it's a joy to hear you. It's you know, really and um, it's really um, personal growth too. And I, it was so really fun. So you're not going to be doing a TED talk, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I could do a TED conversation, but TED I, conversation. what I, what I don't like is the idea of like, I'm lecturing you. Yeah. For me, it's like, I just want to speak with you, mm -hmm. you know? That's, that's right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, thank you. Thank this you. This was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And so I can't lovely. believe now we've got a cookbook to look forward to. <laughs> can't wait to get into that. So yeah. We'll yeah. Have to, you'll have to come back. Okay, and I'd we'll love to. We'll do like a little cooking thing sometime. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. I'd love to. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Philip Lim. Keep an eye on New York City for Christopher John Rogers' runway show this Saturday and for Lim's open house party at his New York City location on the 10th. Congratulations to Lim, Rogers, and their entire creative teams for their outstanding accomplishments in designing and showcasing this season's collections. This has been On Creativity, a series of SCADcast. SCADcast is executive produced by SCAD president and founder Paula Wallace with original music by SCAD alumnus George Lovett. SCADcast is the official podcast of the Savannah College of Art and Design with locations in Atlanta and Savannah, Georgia, Lacoste, France, Hong Kong, and online via SCAD eLearning. SCAD is the preeminent source of knowledge in the arts, design, and creative entrepreneurialism. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe, and we'll see you next time.